Welcome out, folks. I hope you're all doing well. Um, this is round two of trying to record this episode because technical malfunctions are a thing. And that's perfectly fine. We're going to talk about a few different topics today. We're, we're going to discuss current events. One of these is the nonsense going on with Jonah Hill. I don't know anything about Jonah Hill, except the movies he's been in, and some of them are pretty funny. I don't know who he is as a person. However, I see an issue with the current events that are happening, which is where his ex-girlfriend is accusing him of misogyny, insecurity, and all this other crap, controlling behavior. And... You know, if something happened in that relationship, I don't have a way of knowing that. Maybe he was a terrible person. However, the evidence that she is presenting for this is idiotic. It's stupid. Um, she is presenting a text that he sent her allegedly. We can't we haven't proved proven that yet. But he sent her something that basically said, and I'll read it in a second, but it said, you know, these are my standards. This is what I don't want in a relationship. If you insist on doing these things, then that's fine. Support it. But if you want to act single, go be single. And this is something I've brought up a lot because one of the things that I push on people, men and women, is to have standards for yourself, to have boundaries for yourself, to say, listen, this is what I will expect from you if we're going to be together. This is what I will tolerate. This is what I will not tolerate. If you want to be a certain way, if you want to be single, if you want to act single, then like you can do that somewhere else. You, that, that's fine, but this is this is the expectation. And people don't do this anymore. People don't do this for a couple of reasons. One, people don't want to be held accountable for themselves. They don't want to look somebody in the eye and say, I'm committing to you. I want this to work. I expect for you to do X, Y, Z. In return, I'm going to give you that same thing back, right? I expect you to be um, intelligent in the way that you present yourself to the world so that you do not signal to other people that you are available and attract attention that will be disruptive to our relationship, right? I expect for you to keep yourself separate from society, not in the sense of like, you don't leave the house, but in the sense that people look at you and just kind of know like that you're taken, they don't think that you're available. And that's a huge problem that people have like, oh, like you, you got anyone and everyone hits on you. Why? Because they think that they can. I know people that I look, I can very clearly tell by the way that they carry themselves, by their modesty, by the way they interact with others, by the fact that they don't flirt with people that they're not interested. Right. And those people don't get bothered as much. And then there's all these, you know, the normal people that do not do that and act surprised when their relationships don't last. Well, but I can dress that way if I want to. Of course you can, but you're you don't get away from the consequences of your actions. If you want to behave as if you're single and attract the attention of a single person, well, then you're not going to stay together with somebody for very long. Not somebody that's worth staying with anyway. So I want to point out that his boundaries that he set. As far as this text is concerned, I don't know anything deeper than this. We're going to assume that this is just the truth for the sake of argument. Um, and I'm go and I, I don't have a problem doing that for the very simple reason that the media is assuming that he's a misogynist just because this woman said he is, just because he set standards for himself. And we're going to talk about how this applies to men and women, but this is just a current event that I'm going to use to fixate on. The text allegedly said, plain and simple, if you need surfing with other with other men, boundaryless inappropriate friendships with men to model, to post pictures of yourself in a bathing suit, post sexual pictures, friendships with women who are in unstable places and from your wild recent past, beyond just getting a cup of coffee or something respectful, I am not the right partner for you. 
If these things bring you to a place of happiness, I support it, and there will be no hard feelings. These are my boundaries for a romantic partnership. My boundaries with you, um, based based on the ways these actions have hurt our trust. Okay, so obviously she has done these things, and it has caused him to not trust her for this last little segment here. So he's not saying, I decided that I don't want you to hang out with your friends because I'm insecure. He said, in the recent past, you have hung out with men that I expressed, maybe you shouldn't, and it did something to hurt our trust. So that's a pattern, first of all. If somebody does something repeatedly, if somebody makes a mistake like that and they insist on not changing anything that led to the mistake taking place, that is a pattern, that is a will for choice, that is not something that that's that's not something that you can tolerate. If I tell my girlfriend, hey, I really don't like it when you hang out with this one particular guy, and then she goes and does it anyway, she cares more about that friendship than she does about the relationship, and she's willing to put herself in a situation that makes me uncomfortable, well, she doesn't respect me, okay? It, it, there's, there's no point in being with that person. I say, listen, this, this guy makes me uncomfortable. Don't go hang out with him. If you want to do that, go be single. I, I don't care, but I'm not going to be put in a position where you make me uncomfortable. That's stupid. And people don't have the balls to say that anymore. And I don't understand why. Probably because the response is, oh, you're misogynist. That's so stupid. Because if a woman says, listen, dude, don't go hang out with that girl. Stop Snapchatting this girl. She's hitting on you. And he does it anyway. Well, she's going to get mad. And she should get mad. Let's take it a little bit further. Let's look at it this way. Because men and women pursue partners in different ways. Men tend to be a little bit more proactive. Women tend to be a little bit more, um, they, they tend to put themselves in the situation where it can happen. I don't want to say passive necessarily, but they, they do things to, to invite the attention, whereas men tend to be the ones who actively pursue things. And if you don't agree with this, I invite you to like actually think for yourself and look back on some experiences that you've had with people. This is a pretty easily observable thing. I don't think I need to get into the science of it. Like these days, people are like, well, explain yourself. We prove it. Not all women. You're just like, you know, some men do that. Some women do that. And they always hit you with that. The some, it's like, no, most, like the 98%. And then there's the 2% that are kind of weird and do their own thing. That's fine. But I'm saying as a general statement, in general, people behave a certain way. Men tend to do this. Women tend to do that. So if a guy is sending out DMs on Instagram to girls, whose pictures he has liked, and his girlfriend gets mad at him, she is justified in being angry, 100%. Like, that is a very clear violation of trust and respect in that relationship, in that dynamic. But then it's not seen the opposite way, where she posts the pictures that are the same as those girls that he's sending messages to. And you think, well, no, it's not the same as she's putting out there. Like, yes, it is. That's her strategy. That's how, that's how women gain attention. That is how it, it, they don't go out there. Women are not in men's DMs, like hitting up, like, "Hey, like I thought, I thought your picture was really cool." Like, yeah, if he's like a maybe a sports star or something like that, but like they, they don't do that, which is with, with guys. So we're not, we can't, we can be held to the same standard, but the parameters of that are not quite the same. If I post explicit pictures of myself on Instagram, that's kind of showing that I want attention from somebody, whether I'm a man or a woman. But it's definitely a strategy that women use. And like it, it is what it is. I'm not hating on that. I'm saying that Jonah has identified accurately 
that if you are putting yourself in a position, if you are posting sexual pictures of yourself and then hanging out with guys that he has said make him uncomfortable and he doesn't want her doing that, that is that is a very clear violation of his boundaries. It blows my mind that people are calling him a misogynist. This is absolutely stupid. And I think that and, and so I, I pulled it up. I got the screenshot off of um this the whatever website this is this is and they're trying to misquote him say see the misuse of the term boundaries what they're trying to post her they're trying to like draw her up as being this like this poor victim she's not a victim she's not a victim she was communicated to and she just she made a decision as an adult that i'm not gonna i'm not gonna follow this she's free to do that 100 if you don't want to be with somebody and you don't like the boundaries they set that's fine don't be with that person but understand that like you don't get to accuse them of being insecure for doing that. Even if they are insecure, at least they had the guts to stand up and say, yeah, I don't like this. Um, if you want me to be comfortable with you in a relationship, you need to behave a certain way. That's just what it is to be with me, right? Like let's say, um, you know, I've been cheated on before. I'm really not comfortable with you having other dudes on Snapchat. Just not. If you want to have Snapchat, that's fine. But I don't like it. So I'm not going to be comfortable in this relationship. I'm just never going to trust you. It, it is what it is. Well, should you maybe work on yourself and try to, you know, be more secure and not feel as if you have to um, freak out every time your girlfriend talks to somebody? Yeah, you should. But at the same time, um, it's pretty universally known that like people use Snapchat to cheat. So you're not wrong. And you're not insecure for saying, hey, I'm noticing that you're talking to people who want to have sex with you. Um, please stop. <laughs> but you're a misogynist if you say that. It's absurd. Because if, the, if, it, if it goes the other way around, if, um, if a woman says, this is what I expect from you, don't talk to that girl. Don't go over to her house. Don't go hang out with her. Don't draw attention from her. Don't hit her up. This is your ex. Don't text her. And the guy does it. Well, he's a piece of dirt and he doesn't need to be in that relationship. And I agree, but it doesn't apply both ways. This is silliness. This is absurd. All right. Next topic. Um, depression isn't real. This is something that's been going around. So, and I, we all know who said this originally. I'm not going to say it because I don't want to get canceled um, for something that's stupid. I've already made a few comments lately. It's all good, though. So the idea, is depression real? Because this is like a buzz thing that's going on right now. And um, I'm going to give my commentary on that. My, 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 my view of this is that depression is a real experience, but it's not a real diagnosis. Um, and maybe that's not the best word, but let me explain what I mean. You can feel depressed. You can be plagued with depression. You can experience depression on an ongoing basis. I think that, um, at least in my experience, depression has been a persistent and seemingly unexplainable feeling of hopelessness, emptiness, and just general lack of interest in life. And that has been a real experience for me. Now, what I think is stupid is saying you are depressed. So you're just going to struggle with depression forever. You can take medication, but you're always going to have this. It's like, well, 
depression isn't something that just mystically comes up out of nowhere. It's not, it didn't like just formulate in the void of potentiality and suddenly manifest itself into, into being it, it comes up for a reason. And to shed some light on that, let's take us back to some videos that I did a while back. The way that your unconscious communicates with you is through emotions. It doesn't have language skills. It makes you feel things. So it looks at somebody, let's say it looks at a person that you think is attractive. Why is that person attractive? Because the unconscious has decided that it is. Why do you feel turned on by somebody that looks a certain way? Because that is how the unconscious gets you to do things. That is how it, it, it compels movement. It's how it initiates action. So if I look at a girl, I don't look at her and say her hips are wide. That means she probably will be able to bear children. And like, like, I don't sit there and think that, but I look at it in my unconscious or I look at like the hips and my unconscious goes that that is a good thing. That's what I want. Genetically, that is a good option for me. Why are people attractive? Because they're healthy because, and that means that they have good genetic uh, potential. It's, it's like, we've, we've really that's a whole, that's a separate discussion, but I'll, I'll just kind of mention it. One of the things that I, I talked about pretty recently is that people are baffled by like, how do I find a partner? How do I find somebody that, that is worth being with? How do I make myself attractive? And what the, the confusion is that people have separated sex from reproduction and then it's just a pursuit of pleasure. And they say, well, how do I make somebody know that I can make them feel good? It's like, no, 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 no. The things that drive our attraction are based on biological needs. They are based on things that keep the, the population alive over the long term. We feel attracted to people that the unconscious looks at and says, this is going to be a good potential partner. Go talk to him. Go talk to her. Go make babies. Go like <laughs> that's 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 all it is. And so when you when you try to think of sex as being separate from reproduction, then it confuses you, right? But if you just kind of put that shift that paradigm back and realize this is actually a pretty simple biological function. How do I become more attractive? Well, I display the qualities of somebody who would make a good uh, parent, basically, right? And so that clears up a lot of confusion. Anyway. How did I get to this? Oh, man. Like I said, I took that nap and I'm all out of it. Depression as itself, like it's it's communicating something to you. It's not just a random thing that your brain comes up with. Your brain doesn't want you to be depressed. Why would your brain want you to be depressed? You're not useful when you're depressed. You're not able to do anything. Like I was a little bit down on myself the other day. And I'm just like, I don't want to go right. I don't want to make a podcast. That's why I did it today. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, but yeah, like I didn't want to do anything. I didn't want to pick up a laundry. I didn't want to vacuum up where my plant fell over in my room and there's dirt all over the floor. I was like, yeah, I'll just walk over a little bit. Like depression makes you not productive. Not productive? Is that the right way to say it? Unproductive. It makes you not do stuff. So if you are in a primitive situation, if you're a caveman running around, you know, trying to kill stuff, trying to eat it, drag it back to your lair, so that you can feed your little cave children and you get depressed. Like what's, what function does that serve? Because it's a biological thing. You feel depressed because your body's doing something. Your body's doing that thing because your unconscious thinks that it's a good idea for you. What is that? Here's my interpretation. I've given it before. You can go back and verify and fact check it. Maybe I'll be more articulate this time. It's been other people have been saying it recently, which is 
why I've been why why I'm talking about this in response to a different video. Um, but I look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and six one since that matters. And what do I even say other than hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. I do agree. Depression tells you something is wrong. And the fact is that most people's lives are pretty screwed up, and they don't do many things that actually make it better. Okay. So they've got this, they put themselves in the situation where they don't, they don't push themselves to be the best versions of themselves. They allow things to slide. They don't take care of their health. They don't take care of their finances. They don't have a good outlook for the future. They don't have a good support system or community. They don't have good friends. They have a bunch of fake friends where they have social media stuff. They spend time on social media, right? They spend time comparing themselves to other people and looking and like people will say, like, I'm looking at this stuff to motivate me, right? And it's just like mindlessly scrolling and it's like, oh, this noise, this noise, this noise. But then you just get mad. It's like, well, why do all these people have it and I don't? right? And it, you're you're wasting your energy. You're not motivating yourself. You're wasting your time. You're not getting anything out of this. So people waste a lot of their time. They don't get out in the sun and, and work hard anymore. They don't have good, um, you know, living situations sometimes. Like, yeah, we have a good quality of life here in the West. But at the same time, it's it's not a natural environment. It doesn't do the things that our body needs to respond to. And that's a whole separate thing. That That is what it is. Like, there's only so much that we can do about some of this stuff. But overall, you take all these things, like you're out of shape. You don't have a good outlook for the future. You don't have a good working model of relationships. So you don't really think that you're ever going to find an intimate relationship or you're in a toxic one. You're in one that's not fulfilling to you or you know, it could be great, but you don't know how to work on it. You don't know how to make it better. And you're sitting there thinking about like, well, what if my soul pays out somewhere else? And so you got this fear of missing out, right? So you're perpetually dissatisfied with everything, which is something we can circle back around to in a minute. And, you know, you just like, you look at your life and you don't associate, well, maybe I'm depressed because there's something wrong. I have a negative mental outlook. There's a lot. There's a ton of negative thoughts swirling through my head at all hours of the day, right? I focus on the bad stuff all the time, but I'm depressed. No, you're not depressed. Like your, your mind is telling you, you got to get it together. So in the sense that depression is not like this mysterious thing that just takes hold of you and there's no escape. In that sense, I do agree. Depression is not real. The experience of depression, however, that is a real thing. And it's a tough thing, right? Like this is like the one topic that I get like sensitive about because I'm like, guys, like I understand, like I, I, I've been there. I know what it's like to go through that. When you're in that state, it's it doesn't feel like anything is like your fault in the sense that you could change it. It feels like it's your fault in like a self-debasement sort of way. Like, Oh yeah, well, I guess I do suck at everything. Cause I'm depressed. Like, yeah, like that, that voice will take, will start up, but it doesn't feel your fault as in, I, I clearly did this wrong. And the re the results of that, that, that bad decision are me feeling unhappy. Right. Because if you could look at it that way and realize, oh, well, if I just start getting these particular areas of my life together, 
I won't be depressed anymore. If I can control my brain, first of all, the mind is the greatest enemy. It's also the greatest ally. This is what we overlook the most. Everybody wants a quick solution. Like, how do I not be, what, what is the trick for not being depressed anymore? And I've got those, like I have strategies for people and I talk about them all the time, but that's not the real, like what fixes it. What fixes it is getting control of yourself is becoming disciplined enough to not allow your mind to spiral out into negative thoughts, right? You can have negative thoughts, but when you indulge in that, when that becomes your reality, when that's just who you are, well, what do you expect is going to happen? When you listen to music that's about taking drugs, killing people, and you know being depressed, like are you surprised when that programming catches on? You shouldn't be. If you are, you're an idiot. And that's fine. I was an idiot too for the longest time. I remember driving and I I, I listened to music all the time when I was younger. I remember when I was driving, I was hanging out. I love Linkin Park. I think they're awesome. And I was just listening to this Linkin Park song. I was like, this is depressing. This is about like, you know, bad stuff. <laughs> and then obviously, you know, that particular, that, that didn't pan out too well for them. It's like, well, that was being expressed. Like whatever he was, whatever Chester, rest in peace, was struggling with, bled out into his music okay and there's something to be said for expression but there's also something to be said for not letting people's negative expression affect you and color your reality why would i want to listen like if i'm depressed and i listen to something like, wow that clicks yeah maybe i listen to it for a couple of days but if i'm just like listening to it and that's just the music that i listen to can i be surprised when the subliminal programming kicks in because that's what it is like it may not be intentional but it is exactly what it's doing it's reprogramming your mind um one thing that i like to do is I like to take quotes um whether they're from scripture whether they're from the stoics whether like whatever it's from and i'll just memorize you know five or six or whatever it is that i think are going to help me with a particular situation. And I'll just read them all the time. And I'll quote them all the time to myself. Every time I get a minute, I'll sit there and read it again. And after a few weeks, what happens, well, probably not even that long, but after a little while, what happens is my brain starts to just regurgitate it. And so I'll, I'll, I'll be mid sentence and I'll just like blurt out this quote, right? And it's not my thought, but it's just, it's programmed in there. It's embedded in the way that I think now. That's a super valuable thing because that is happening constantly to you, whether you are aware of it or not. So the best thing that you can do is cut out anything that you can clearly see is bad for you. So depressing music, for example, if you still listen to stuff like killing people and taking drugs and sleeping around and being a degenerate and, you know, like just falling into that state, then like, why, why are you surprised when it has an effect on you? So cut that stuff out and then replace it with something that's positive. Replace it with things like these are sayings, these are verses, these are quotes that actually help me. These are things, these are true, these are good to live by. I'm going to instill them, install them in my brain, and that's going to be how I think from now on. I am this person who thinks this way. You know, you take these great minds, these, these inspiring leaders, these wise men and women of the past who did incredible things and are remembered for it. And you say, what is the wisdom they have to offer me? I'm making that a part of my programming. That's how I think from now on. That's powerful. It's really powerful because that changes who you are. That changes how you express yourself. And you're doing that anyway. You might as well be intentional about it and take control over the direction that you take in life. So no, depression is not real. Like if you feel depressed, that doesn't mean that you have to stay depressed. I 
and I always get flack for this. I'm going to keep saying it, though. I don't care. I think that the 12-step programs, I think that AA, I think that they're fantastic. They have changed people's lives. I'm going to say this. like They're amazing. They have helped a lot of people. But the whole once an alcoholic, always an alcoholic thing, complete and utter garbage. Once an addict, always an addict. No, that is absurd. You can absolutely become somebody who is not the person that falls into drug addiction and alcohol addiction. Okay. You can change to the point where you are not an addict anymore. And it's very destructive to tell people this because it keeps them in this constant state of fear that I'm going to fall back into it. Right. Versus somebody who's just like, I just don't even identify with that anymore. I don't even associate with it. Like it doesn't, it's, it's strange and foreign to me at this point that I could fall into uh, substance abuse because I just don't live like that. That's not who I am. I used to be. And yes, the, the potential is always there. The, it's always a possibility. Don't become prideful. Right. Don't think what, well, I haven't done drugs in like 10 years. I'm sure one bump won't hurt. Like, no, that's dumb. Yeah. There's always the possibility of going back downhill. However, to say that like, oh yeah, I'm an addict. Yeah. It's like, oh really? Like, what are you doing? Nothing. I'm 20 years sober. Like you're not an addict, dude. Like you haven't touched anything in 20 years. If you are still struggling with the impulse to, to partake, there's something deeper going on that you're not dealing with. I'm speaking from experience here, right? Like I don't have any degrees to back this up, but I've gone through it. When I was struggling with addiction was when I wasn't dealing with my crap. I wasn't processing the stuff that I I was scared of, right? Like I had some trauma that I had to deal with and then I didn't want to confront it because a lot of it had to do with the fact that it was insecurity on my part, right? It wasn't necessarily that like this scared me. It was that I had the fear that I would not be able to respond to it again in the future. And so it, 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 it's kind of pushed it to the side because I, I didn't want to deal with it. And I was hoping that if I like unconsciously, I was hoping that if I didn't look at it, it wouldn't manifest. It wouldn't come up again, right? Like, yes, this thing happened with this group of people. But if I pretend that it is that, you know, I didn't have any part in it and it just happened to me and whatever, then it won't happen the next time I'm in the same group of people. Like that's stupid. Okay. And I'm 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 saying I'm stupid for for doing that. If you're offended by that, well, why why are you so easily offended? Why am I why am I touching a nerve by saying something so um surface level? So example for that. Um If you go through a traumatic experience, there's this tendency for you to, and I talked about this recently, um, the Dr. Strange effect is what I'm calling it from now on. There's a tendency for you to relive that trauma again and again. And since your body doesn't know the difference between what's really happening and what's happening in your brain, you respond to it as if you are actually in a state of stress, as if you are actually in danger, right? So you have this stressful thought, somebody trying to stab you, (laughs) some. I don't know why my brain went there. First of all, you have something that bad that happened to you. Okay. You know, maybe you had a car accident. Every time you get in the car, you're like visualizing wrecking. It's like, are you actually scared of driving or are you scared of the phantoms in your brain and overreacting to a fantasy that comes up automatically to show you what could happen, right? Like what, what are you reacting to? What are you actually scared of? The video I did or the episode I did a while ago, couple months back, I talked about how I was, I was swimming in the lake and I had like this persistent 
image of a giant snake attacking me. And I was like anxious the whole time. I was like, there's not a giant snake in, the, in this lake. Like there's, there's barely fish in here. Like there's nothing in, like nothing's going to come up and get me. It's just not going to happen. But my brain was playing tricks on me. Oh, I don't know if I thought, I don't know if I talked about this. I had a really interesting thought recently. I was going to, um, yeah, I don't think I shared this. This is really cool. So I was, I, I got up in the middle of the night for something and the lights were all off and I'm walking around and I'm just like scared, <laughs> you know, like I'm anxious. Like if you ever get up in the middle of the night and you're going to the bathroom or something and you're just like, something's going to get me right. Like, what is it? And I'm trying to think like, why do I feel afraid? You know, and I'm, I'm reflecting a little bit. I get back to my bed where it's like safe and I can, I can think clearly now I'm not just in a state of fear. And I'm not saying that I was like overwhelming fear, but you get nervous, you know, like, like what if something's there? It's a very human thing to, to expect there to be something in the dark waiting to get you. And I thought, what's happening here? And I thought about it for a second and I realized what, what was coming up. It's hard to explain because it was, it was very abstract, but I was getting these like little flashes of kind of monsters, I guess the best way I can say it, they're very abstract. It wasn't like there's a lion over here. There's something, it was just like stuff with like big eyes and teeth, you know, and claws, like very abstract things that are like nightmares, basically, you know, you're getting chased by monsters in your nightmares and they don't look like anything real, but they're just kind of a conglomeration of all the stuff that, you know, killed our ancestors or attacked us. And so let me get some water. So it really hit me because I realized these, these phantoms, these images are popping up in my head. The unconscious is just throwing them out there. And as soon as they come up, what happens is my body reacts with fear. And that really seemed interesting to me because why doesn't that happen when I'm just walking around? First of all, it does. Okay. It just happens in a different context. It's more of things like, I'm talking to a girl and I have this flash of like being rejected. And I'm like, ah, do I really want to do with this? Or I'm engaged in an argument with somebody and the fl a flash of violence comes up and I get like, you know, like, okay, adrenaline going like, well, we got to, well, let's just fight now. Let's just get it over with. Let's <laughs> just come to blows right at this very moment. Okay. Um, or I'm thinking about my future and these images of failure and being destitute and poor and whatever and embarrassed and all this other stuff that pops up stuff like that. But it, in the dark, it's abstract and it's always monsters, right? Why? And I think that is because when you have a visual like stuff in front of you, you have something to focus on. And that takes like that, that gives you, that gives you like a point, like an anchor, I guess there's some point of reference, like there's something tangible and real here. And when you take that away and it's just blackness, it's just the dark, it, it kind of is like a blank canvas for your unconscious to just paint whatever it wants to. And so what comes up, are the things that you don't want to come up and you try to force it down. You try to avoid it. But what happens when you try to avoid something? Well, you have to put your attention on that thing to push it down. You have to, the only way that you can suppress it is by putting attention on it. Because if you try to just look at something else and refocus your brain for a moment, at least you're aware of the fact that like you're focusing on something else and to think something else in relation to what, 
So you're still aware of what the thing is that you're trying to avoid. So you you put more and more and more attention on the source of your anxiety. That's why you actually, you actually have to get involved in something for the that that fear to start to subside, right? And that's 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 probably an episode I should redo. Um, I don't want to get sucked on that that trail though, because that's gonna that's gonna get some take me off course. So let's wrap it up with one more current thing. We're keeping the show short for a little while so I can do video, although the video is terrible. Um, <laughs> yeah, my lighting's bad. That's what it is. So The Sound of Freedom came out. It's this sensational movie that exposes a very real issue. It's based on a real story re- revolving around um, human trafficking. And uh, you you know what it is. You've heard about it. It's been a huge controversy. And this, I'm going to bring it home with this point, and this kind of, I should have done this one and the first one together. The the fact that people are looking at this as a bad thing is just the reason that I've kind of been like in a weird state lately, because I see stuff like this all the time. And I'm like, what is wrong with people? What is wrong with the world that the superhero who's rescuing children from slavery is being painted as a conspiracy theorist? Like, it, what? You're stupid. Stop. Like, this is dumb. Like, the fact that <laughs> I can't get my head around it. Anyway, the way that it applies to my content is that I shared this because it's a horrible, despicable thing that happens. And the people that fight against it are true heroes and they deserve to be recognized. And, the, and there needs to be awareness for this thing. Now, that particular organization is one that I've been aware of for probably like five or six years now. Um, I think it was Tony. No, it wasn't Tony Robbins. Tony Robbins was one of the first people that kind of introduced me to it, but that's a, it's, that's a great organization. I mentioned this recently, the underground railroad is fantastic. If you're looking for somebody to donate money to, if you want to become a charitable person, which you should be, um, that's a good place to start. But the reason that I'm bringing this up is that I shared it because if there's evil in the world and you have any kind of influence, if you have any kind of voice and you don't stand up against that evil, you're evil as well. Like you're, it's a sin of omission. It's, it's, it's wrong. And the fact is that this is a real thing. And the fact that it's a political stance is absurd that, that I'm a conspiracy theorist. If I believe like, this is a true story, like, this is verifiable facts. This is something I've been aware of for years as well. It's not like this movie came up and I'm like, Oh, I didn't know this. Like this has been a thing for a hot minute. They still haven't found. Anyway, I'm gonna start saying names. I'm gonna get canceled. You know what I'm talking about? Somebody, somebody didn't hang themselves. That's all I got to say. So, but I shared this video. I didn't say anything. I didn't comment on it. I just shared it because spreading awareness. It's they're doing a good thing. I want to help. I believe that it's the right thing to do. And I lost like several hundred followers. <laughs> and I thought, isn't that interesting that that people see that I share something speaking up against the injustice of the world, and that gets that turns people off to the point where like, oh no, I'm not gonna listen to this guy anymore. First of all, farewell. So long. I don't I don't care. Um secondly, this is why it's very important to not sell your soul. Because if you say I am going to I want to be famous, I want attention, right? I want to to just get to that point. I want to have I want to be a YouTuber, I want to be a Spotify podcaster, I want to be a TikTok influencer, I want to be whatever. 
right? You have to garner attention. You have to get people to listen to you. Okay. And that's hard to do surprisingly. Well, not really surprisingly, but I was surprised for some reason. It's hard to do because you have to be entertaining. You have to be educational. And, you know, I think lately I've been, you know, getting more, you know, entertaining to listen to, but the reality is like the, for a long time, the show was just me. This is what I think is interesting. And anybody that hung in there is like probably an intellectual person and shout out to you guys, because I've had a really solid support group from the beginning. And I'm trying to think like, why? Like, <laughs> I wouldn't have listened to me, but you guys are awesome. And like, you've, you've stuck it out with me. I appreciate that. Thank you a lot. Um, but if I say I, if I care too much about what people think of me, then that prevents me from saying anything that I believe to be controversial. If I'm scared to say something like, Hey, um, human trafficking is wrong. For example, I'm like, well, I might lose followers. Who cares? Like, I don't care. I looked at it. And I was like, well, like, what does this hurt me? Like in all, in all reality, like these aren't people that are actually fans of mine, first of all. And if they're offended by that, they're, they're not intelligent people. I'm not going to say that they're bad people. That was my first thought. It's like, they're bad people. Like who supports this? Then I realized they're not bad people. They're dumb people because they listen. They can look at something with their own eyes and say, there's clear evidence. This is a widespread thing. This isn't a conspiracy theory. This is like, this is on Homeland Security radar that this is happening. Oh, but the news said not to believe it. The news said that these are conspiracy theorists. Like, what? So if I cared about people's opinion, I wouldn't have said that. And now this applies to you guys as well. Because if you create a life for yourself, or you do not stand up for your boundaries, this is how we loop it back into Jonah Hill. If you don't, if you don't clearly state your boundaries, if you're afraid to speak up for yourself and say, this is wrong, it's because you have no moral character. And you're going to create a life in which you are forever trapped, right? If you get into a relationship, and you don't say, hey, um, please don't post naked pictures of yourself online. I don't like that. If you don't say that and you date this person that's doing it, well, whose fault is it? It's yours. You're an idiot. If you date a, let's turn it the other way. If you date a guy and you say, if you don't say um, we're exclusive, please don't talk to other girls or we're breaking up. If you don't say that, like, yeah, you should take it for granted. It, like it should, it should just be a given. But the reality, unfortunately, is that in this day and age, it's not. And it's really sad. But it just get it out of the way. Just, just, just go for it. Just say it. Just put it out there. Like, hey, don't be a hoe. Like we're we're in this together or we're not. And there's no in between. And if you're for the streets, then you're for the streets. Deal with it. I'm not gonna put up with that crap. And the thing is that people don't do that because they're so desperate for love. They're desperate for intimacy. They're desperate for attention. They need that person. They need to be loved and, and, and wanted. They need to be desired. And they're not willing to, to stand up and say, no, like this is wrong. And that's why people get into emotionally abusive relationships. This is why people tolerate things. That's why people tolerate being, you know, physically, verbally, emotionally abused because they don't feel like leaving is worth it because, well, this person gives me something and that's better than nothing. And I don't trust myself to find it anywhere else. And you're making decisions in the moment versus decisions that are actually based on logic and reason. You know, apparently that's offensive to say these days, but the point being in this same thing, like 
outside of relationships, your life in general, you have to set boundaries for yourself. You have to set expectations, right? If I lose half my followers, that sucks. I don't want to lose you guys. I really don't. But if me saying, hey, Jonah Hill's not a misogynist, pisses people off, well, what, what do you want me to do? Let me just keep quiet about it. I mean, it's like, oh, yeah, well, I guess, I guess he is. How, how dare a man set boundaries? Like, no, like, I'm maybe going to try to not be super confrontational about it and be like, oh, you're all stupid if you believe this. No, that, that would be dumb, right? But, like, the reality is that this is a real issue because men everywhere all over the world are suffering with this. Let me rescind that statement. Men all over the Western world are dealing with this crap because they set a boundary and they say, hey, this is not right. And their girlfriend says, you're insecure. And I feel for those those guys because at one point I was kind of like, well, maybe I am. Like, I don't think so, but I, I could tell like, well, I am, I, I do feel insecure. Yes, objectively, I am insecure. But is that is that a negative thing, right? Or is that based off of your actions? And when I was younger, I didn't really know any better. And there were some times that I made the, the wrong decisions. Like, okay, well, maybe if I can trust you, I can trust you, but I don't like it. And then like over time, I realized, no, this is stupid. And I don't think a lot of dudes figure this out. So that's why I bring this stuff up. I know women sometimes get bad. It's like, oh, well, that's offensive. Well, first of all, like if you're treating your boyfriend like that, you can't be surprised when you're not in a fulfilling relationship because you don't have any respect for the guy. If you're trying to tell him, no, you have to let me run around and be wild. You don't respect him. Excuse me. You don't respect him as a person. So of course you're not happy with him. Why would you be? If you were happy with him, if you respected him, you wouldn't be doing that. People don't want to be in relationships anymore. They want to have someone that gives them stability and comfort until somebody else comes along. It's like, if, if there's a better option, I want to be able to take it, right? I want that out. I want the ability to, um, to leave. I want the, the, the possibility of something else, but I have this, like the, the, the FOMO, I have the fear of missing out. I want to make sure I don't want to get married. I just want to like, let's live together for a while. Let's kind of date, talk to other people. Let's keep our socials up. Like why? Like people back in the day didn't do that. They went and started a farm, had a bunch of kids and, donkeys and whatnot peacocks peacocks are vicious farm animals my friends they'll get you but we're going to wrap it up um the way that that all ties in together i know the depression thing is a little bit to the side but these are these are just current events um the sound of freedom thing first of all go see the movie secondly if you don't establish boundaries in your life and i was just using this to illustrate and also to point out like to bring attention to this on this platform as well. But if you don't establish yourself as the type of person where people understand when they deal with you, they have to treat you with respect, then you can't be mad when the world walks all over you. If you're like, well, I'm not going to say this because I'll lose followers, I'll offend people, I'll lose friends. That doesn't mean don't be tactful, right? If you are in a friend group and you know that they are, uh, I'll give an example. Um, of course, it'll probably be ends up getting me canceled but like let's let's say that let's <laughs> no i'm not gonna say that um anyway they, they you know that they're of a certain political affiliation and you share a meme in the group chat of like all your friends that's like really seriously mocking that political party is that is that an appropriate way to go about it probably not right because you can, you may be able to have a good relationship with that person and I mean, you should at least treat them with respect and nothing else. There's no point in being rude for no reason. But 
Yeah, I don't know. Like you, you, you've got to be careful about how you go about it, but you have to do it. Like you have to say, no, 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 no. This isn't a matter of politics for me. This is what I believe to be right and wrong. And if you, if you live in a way that violates my ethical expectations, then this isn't going to be a good relationship. So you can either understand that and accept that and act appropriately. And, you know, I'll give you some grace and I'll be forgiving if you are not perfect because neither am I, we're all people. We make up, we make mistakes. If your heart's in the right place and you kind of misstep a little bit, okay, like we can deal with that. We'll talk about it. But if you're just going to, no, 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 this is how I am. This is what I do. I don't want to hear you. Oh, you're, you're talking again. You're speaking against something that you believe to be evil. I don't want to hear from you anymore. Like, Screw you. Bye. So same thing with relationships, same thing with jobs. People, jobs will take advantage of you. Jobs will use you and run you into the dirt if you don't stand up and say, no, I'm not coming in on Sunday again. I'm not working seven days a week. I'm not staying late every day. I'm not doing it. Like I have a life. I told you three weeks ago, I have this commitment. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying afterwards. Like if you don't do that, then they'll, they'll, they'll give an inch, take a mile. So I hope this has been helpful. Um, if you let me know what you think of this particular format, if you want me to keep talking about current events, I think it's kind of fun. Um, I get a little bit more animated because it, it irritates me. <laughs> it, get, it gets under my skin. Um, if it's, if it's ultimately something that people are not really here for, that's totally fine. We don't have to keep doing it. We can focus specifically on here's what I learned about psychology this week. Uh, or here's what, you know, this study came out. We can make fun of pop psychology magazines. That'll be fun. We'll, we'll find something to do. Um, and we are going to wrap up our, our spiritual series here shortly, but thank you guys for listening. Like the show, give me the little five stars, share it with your friends. Um, yeah, see you soon.